Hi. Hello, hello. Hello. Welcome to Ghost Life. Welcome. My name is Lena. Ch- and my name is Chase. And we're your hosts. And, it's good to be- <laughs> and we're your hosts. And it's good to be here with you. Thank you for joining us on another adventure. Yeah, thanks for coming. <laughs> for coming to our, our seminar. Today, we are going to talk about the Huguang Guild Hall in Beijing, China. Or yeah. um, Huguang, Huiguang in Mandarin. Awesome. Um, and this one, this script I prepared. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. On. I'm excited. It's it's fun to do another international theater. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm excited to do another international. Um, how are you today yeah. before we get into it? I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a fun time adjusting to life with Ahsoka, my little pup. And I just wanted to thank one of our listeners, Kate, who reached out to Leah and gave a good tip about like, since Ahsoka's name, I'm like, she's what she's sleeping right now. So I'm like, try not to say it. <laughs> um, but since it sa- since it like has like vowels in it that sound like no, um, to oh. use commands that say like more like stop or uh uh-uh, uh to like help with like telling her no instead of it sounding like her name. Interesting. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So thank you for that tip. I thought that was like so sweet that she reached out to Leah because that's a, that's a really good tip and I've been I've been uh, adopting it. So thank you. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. such a good tip. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Good to know. Just anyway, like for future pets. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um. How are you doing? How's your weekend looking? It's good. I'm just chilling. I got Taco Bell last night. Oh, sounds, would you? Oh wait, what'd you get? I got. We were just talking about McDonald's and like Taco Bell <laughs> on like a on one of our episodes, yeah. so I'm excited to continue the fast food conversation. Always. What'd you get? I got a Crunchwrap Supreme, obviously, but with Yum. beans instead, because their meat kind of freaks me out. I, I eat, I eat, I eat it sometimes, but I like the beans. And they got, yeah, but they got they rid do. of their potatoes, which is like really really sad because they they used to have cheesy fiesta potatoes which were so mm-hmm. good it was just like cheese mm-hmm. and sour cream and potatoes no and it's so annoying because they, they they took all that away and they said like to make room for more items on the menu we're taking away like potato based dishes or something like we're taking potatoes but it's like have the new additions ready to go before you take that shit out like because then there's just like this gaping hole in your menu that <laughs> is yet and in my heart that and is yet my, to be filled most mostly yeah. in my heart most, yeah, mostly and most importantly, Mart. Um, I'm also starving. So I am too. Uh, I'm actually kind of hungry. Literally, as we're talking about this, my mouth's watering, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I have only had a protein bar today, and it's two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, definitely time for lunch. Lunch. Lurve the dream. Lurve the lunch. Lurve the lunch. Anyway, should we just Anyways. go right into this theater? Let's do it. I'm very excited. Another international treasure. Okay. So, first, to get into the history, the Huguang Guild Hall was built in 1807 and is located in the Xicheng District in Beijing and was known as one of the four great theaters in all of Beijing, which Mm. is famous for its opera. Hell yeah. Many uh, famous past and present opera singers have performed there. It was also one of the centers of political and social life in the late Qing Dynasty, where uh, political officials and like kind of just regular working class people, merchants, everyone gathered together in the same space. And they would eat and talk and watch Beijing opera on the stage. And the Qing dynasty, which was the final imperial dynasty in China, lasted from 1644 to 1912. And this was an era noted for its initial prosperity and then um, tumultuous final years. 
And hmm. but for a lot of this time, that it, it was a very creative era, noted for exuberance and excess, and the art arts really flourished um, during this time. That's awesome. Yeah, and so the theater was a part of this, and opera really came came out strong in to this fruition. era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. The theater is a part of a larger complex of buildings. There's like a temple and social areas and a museum that is dedicated to the history of the theater. Um, and the opera there so that's cool it's like a whole little um meeting space and like community space yeah and it sounds it sounds like it 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 was or is pretty accessible too just by like like all types of people Mm -hmm. with regards to like is that is that is that true yeah that's what it yeah it's been used for a bunch of different things over you know the years the decades Mm -hmm. the centuries (laughs) but um yeah, it was like a definitely like a very social place where everyone would and go. You're, and you, yeah, because like, because you mentioned too, like it, it, it like had like political people, like affluent people, and like working class people. Yeah, mm-hmm. like so mixing together, which is so cool. Yeah, it's just cool. Yeah, it's cool to have um, art spaces like that be accessible to everyone. To everyone, yeah. So these places are called guild halls or huiguans, and they were built in provincial areas around China as meeting places. And these. Wait, these places meaning like these like these like these like complexes complexes and buildings. of like mm-hmm. okay great yeah they, so, so they're gotcha, around gotcha. China like this idea of of like community nice. spaces um, nice well and different things they're just like a complex of buildings that were built um, in areas around China as meeting places for merchants politicians common people um, kind of like an all purpose space for the province and then also they would they would also had like homes for the poor and they used the um areas for to house scholars who were taking their imperial exams and different things oh, wow. and eventually the guild halls evolved into entertainment centers at night and there were restaurants and theater performances so it was just like a fun happening place that sounds amazing for a lot of the time yeah um and it's still around today is like the whole complex around yes, today yeah Oh, I want to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's all, go. there's like the museum is still there and they have robes um, from, they have costumes on display from like um, oh, yeah. performances and like old scripts and all these like artifacts from the Beijing opera and That's photographs cool. and stuff. So it's really cool. And then on August, another like interesting trivia fact kind of is on August 25th, 1912, which by the way is the year my grandma Lena was born, who I was named after. 1912. Iconic. Isn't that? Iconic. Oh my gosh. It's very, a very long time ago. She died when she was 101. Shout out. Queen. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the year the Titanic sunk. Well, there you go. What, <laughs> what more do you need? <laughs> and the year that the national, the Chinese Nationalist Party or the Kuomintang, also known as the KMT, was founded at this guild hall at mm. a convention of the Revolutionary Alliance um, led by Sun Yat-sen, who was a famous Chinese revolutionary and eventually became the first president of the Republic of China for a short nice. time. And other smo- smaller pro-revolutionary parties would also meet there. The Huguang Guild Hall was refurbished in 1994 to its Qing era style. So it's very colorful. And you can look at the picture. Or you looked at the picture, I think, already. Yeah. And it's literally so beautiful. It's, like, yeah. It's like delicious to look at, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's gorgeous. It's, it's stunning. very colorful and ornate. And um, it's colored in gre- red and green and gold. And there's tables. And it's yeah. such a vibe. Yeah. It has 300 seats and gallery seating on three sides. So it's pretty oh. big. Yeah. And that's a good point, too, is I kind of love how, like, um, 
sort of uh, immersive the space is. It's, you know, how non-traditionally proscenium the space is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it feels it feels kind of, like, uh, similar to Shakespeare's Globe sort yeah. of style, it, where you kind of sit it around it, and it's just, it's all, it's all more immersive. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it's looks very, so fun. very beautiful. I want to go. It's less presentational. Yeah, it's more community, like, oriented. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so that was in 1984, and that's what it still looks like. So it, um, okay. it's a great place to go for, they still do Beijing opera there, so it's, like, a great place for traditional opera Hell and yeah. traditional like, I hope vibe. we get to go someday. Mm-hmm. So, and then the museum sounds so cool, too. Oh, yeah, with, like, all, like, the old costumes yeah. and robes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there is yeah. a, um, there's some photos of a Chinese opera star called mm-hmm. Mei Lan Fang, who often performed there. And mm-hmm. he was a famous Beijing opera star in the early mid-1900s, early to mid-1900s. Mm-hmm. And he was known as the Queen of Peking Opera um, because he was known for playing women in the operas because women weren't allowed on stage to perform. That which is of, um, M. Butterfly. Very common. Yeah, like, exactly. like Just like M. Butterfly, by, which is a play by... Um, David Henry Huang, who we did um, the David Henry Huang Theater. Yeah. We covered yeah, that yeah, a while yeah. ago. Anyway. Yeah. So. That's really cool. He, yeah. Which I just feel like that is a, um, many theatrical traditions have men playing female care parts in their history at some point. Yeah. You know, also like side note, like this is kind of a tangent, but also like, also like looking back at like historical, like how, how old, how long ago was that? What year was that? He that was he around was in the like early 1900s. Yeah. I mean, it's just interesting too. Like when I think about like people like that, it's like, is like their, they're like I, their own identity. Right. Where it's like, where it's like to everyone, he might've been like male presenting and been like a man, like singing like as a woman, you know, in drag on stage. But then he also might maybe identified as a woman. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just like want to throw that out there too, because I think it's like important to think about, you know, it's mm-hmm. just some, um, I think history a lot of times just goes with however people I like, um, pass if that makes sense people like just kind of history just looks at people how they pass and like assumes like their identity yeah, but it's like right. this person could have like just been living their best like trans opera life you know mm-hmm, what I mean mm-hmm. yeah yeah I know I love that so anyway it's a really cool theater and it has a courtyard with gardens and just sounds really pleasant yeah what 10 out of 10 would recommend googling mm-hmm. it. it takes two seconds and it's uh stunning yeah also, to talk a little bit about Beijing opera itself, it's also known as Peking opera, and it's the most dominant form of Chinese opera, and I think opera just in general mm-hmm. in the world. And it combines music, vocal performance, mime, dance, and acrobat acrobatics. And it arose in Beijing during the mid in the mid Qing Dynasty and became fully developed and recognized by the mid nineteenth century. So it was getting big around when this guild hall was built. So mm, this mm-hmm. place is really like a cent- was and Kinda is like a, a home center for, for Beijing opera. Mm-hmm. Nice. Very cool. So want to get into the hauntings? Let's do it. Okay. So the hauntings in this theater are interesting. Apparently the theater was built partially on an ancient graveyard. And then during World War II, a philanthropist built housing and like renovated and created housing for the poor near the... Uh, mm-hmm. near the theater and according to lore that construction on the complex completely leveled and like disrupted the burial ground in the process mm-hmm. so people mm-hmm. think um he like uprooted angry spirits that haunt the building oh yeah um well, or well, there's a theory it. that it was because it was all all built on a burial ground to begin with but mm-hmm. people think that it they 
they, there are, the reports of ghosts start around World War II time, mm. which is interesting. And then there's another theory about that, about why that might be, which is that there was a groundskeeper who was a leper and he was disfigured and that the ghosts kept away because they were scared of him. So it is said that during this time, there was no supernatural activity until the building became the provincial headquarters of Hunan and Guangdong, which are both provinces in China. After that, the ghosts came back. So that's what some people say. Obviously, a lot of people contest that because it's kind of problematic. So people really do think it was like the spirit activity was upped by the renovation in the construction in the area and not. Yeah, like that's the kind of really sad. Yeah, that's really sad that they thought that like like a groundskeeper of leprosy was just like scary looking enough to keep the ghosts away. And the second it's he like, stopped working the there, fuck? all the ghosts came. That's a little bit. Yeah. A little bit sad. So, I mean, or it's just like that people started documenting these ghosts at a certain point and weren't doing that before, you know? Totally. Totally. And again, I think it's one of the situations where it's like, as like insulting and um, problematic as it is, I think it's like, a unfortunate reality is I think it's a funner yarn for people to spin mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know what i mean where it just yeah i mean it's not cool yeah but i think that might be maybe they just kind of like group things together like that because it makes a better story yeah and i think there's even though the story is hurtful exactly but I, and i think there's a lot of that too in like ghost stories and just like lore and True. stuff it's just like either exaggeration or just like made up stuff yeah there's exaggeration with- there's made up stuff and also like also like a sort of like a like a fetishizing of like the macabre, you know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. romanticizing yeah. So like, it, kind of. Yeah, romanticizing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And kind of just like uh, blowing it, blowing certain things like out of portion. So like, if there's someone with leprosy, you know, with disease and everything like that, then they're gonna make that a bigger, a bit bigger than than normal, just to add to like the the spookiness of the story. Right, right. So these days, the spirits are relatively benign they don't like hurt anyone or there's nothing like super scary um Mm -hmm. they're kind of just they kind of just hang out like with the people which is kind of fun yeah um and so people here it is it is like a little creep it's more creepy but it's not like in your face scary do you know what i mean so they um they're just like creepy creepy roommates (laughs) yeah (laughs) like people here wailing like in the theater's courtyard mm. um, and mm-hmm. screams, like disembodied screams. And you can hear. Okay. That's a lot scarier than what I was picturing. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Okay. Yeah, I guess it is scary. It's just not just, like, I don't know. I feel like we've heard stories of like crazier shit than like. No, we absolutely have. Yeah. It's just the disembodied screams. Yeah, I guess that is like, really, that's what I mean. It's like <laughs> scary on a certain level. <laughs> right, 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 right. If you're a professional ghost reporter like us. Like us. Yeah, nothing scares us. We've seen it all. (laughs) So people hear screaming and then you can hear the sound of people shouting, but see no one there. Like people turn around and there's no one there. Ew, I can just like hear it like echoing through the courtyard. Yeah. Freaky. I would almost rather. Well, okay. So we've heard. So there's like the screaming and then we have heard about like ghosts whispering people's names. Yes. Which is also creepy, but I almost think that's creepier getting your name whispered in your ear no oh yeah no i agree you know what I, mean? I agree i agree yeah because it's so much more intimate yeah and you have to ask yourself like how does this person how does this spirit know my name right. how long yeah. have they been watching right, me right, right. what's their intention you know why yeah um what's the most what do you think the most the scariest way a ghost could like make contact with you is honestly pushing pushing me you like physical something physical yeah i think that because oh yeah oh my god yeah 
or just like something like something taking control of you or like manhandling you a little bit like without your consent yeah. is and like an unseen force doing that oh is God, i think yeah. horrifying i'd rather i'd rather hear a scream than not know where it's coming from than have someone like push me, me too me too yeah um, or like choke me out have you oh my gosh yeah oh, oh so scary oh have you seen poltergeist the old poltergeist i actually original? haven't seen it no i haven't seen it. oh my it. gosh there's you've a, seen it yeah i've seen it there's a scene where like the um mom is like in the kitchen with her daughter and they're just like hanging out and she like turns for a second and then turns back and all the chairs in the dining on the dining room table are like stacked up like in in arranged in a formation like in the second that she turned around like and that's like that is horrifying and it's the whatever thing that's like yeah and then there's also like a kind of i think this is a famous scene where like she gets she's in bed and she gets like flown all around the um room oh like all of the ceiling and like but it's invisible so scary oh my god also you know what i was thinking about okay so for all the listeners out there i went to catholic school k through 12 it was a lot but the point is in sixth grade um my religious teacher like our i don't know but basically religion class yeah he was talking he was teaching us about exorcisms and he was teaching us about in sixth grade in sixth grade, he's teaching us about exorcisms Whoa. and he's te- teaching us about like demons and possession. And he tells us all, he says, yeah, each diocese has like a secret undercover priest who's who's prepared to perform exorcisms. So like we have, you know, like in our diocese, we have a priest who's like ready to do that, but we don't really like no one really knows which one it is. Like, but we just, we always have someone ready to go every, every diocese does. Then this is what he told us. And, um, and, and he goes, he goes, and it's, and he, and we're obviously horrified. I mean, look yeah. at me now with a ghost podcast, but like maybe maybe this is like where it came from. Yeah. But he he told us he's like I really he's like oh the the devil is real and I've seen it I've seen possessions and I've seen exorcisms and I've seen I've seen beds lift off of <gasps> the floor and slam no back down. Way. He told he told that to us. You were whispering because Ahsoka is sleeping. Literally, my religion teacher, my homeroom teacher <laughs> in sixth grade told us that story it wasn't it was a homeroom teacher it wasn't even a religion teacher no it was like homeroom but we were like in religion class okay, if okay. that makes sense like our religion section of the day <sighs> wow that's yeah. crazy i don't know i don't know about <sighs> like demonic possession oh i'm a hundred percent in it's very real but then Absolutely how do, but real. i don't i guess i guess more what i'm saying is i don't believe in like the church's response of like how to actually Yeah, I don't believe in the, I don't believe in the church's response to most, most things. things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, no, I hear you. I I get you. Yeah. I just feel like yeah. yeah, I don't know. So, there's another legend that if Ooh. you throw a stone from the theater down like from uh, the upper balcony down into the courtyard, a ghostly voice will reprimand you for it, but no one is there. Oh, like they yell at you. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Which I love oh. because it's like someone just really not is not about getting rocks like in their courtyard. <laughs> like they're just like Well, it's disrespectful. The, yeah, yeah, true. They're just Well, actually it is it actually of- is disrespectful if if you think of it as like if it is on a burial ground and you're like throwing oh, rocks true. like into the burial ground and like fucking up like how things are like set and everything like that. Good point. But it's bad because like that really definitely like makes me want to throw rocks even more. Yeah. Because I would love for that to happen but i won't because i'm respectful or i imagine like just a bunch of ghosts all hanging out in the courtyard like in anastasia how they all come out of the paintings i just watched yes anastasia. <laughs> yes oh i can tell <laughs> oh they all come out of the paintings and start you know and mm-hmm. like um mm-hmm. like if they were all just down there hanging out all the ghosts and then 
if someone throws a rock, like maybe it's different ghosts shouting back. Like because if you just yes. hit, hits one of them or something, do you know oh, what I mean? Oh, that's funny. Yes. And someone's yes, like, yes, yes. always just Bury like, what that. the fuck? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, that's what they say. Yeah. Oh my God. I love to imagine like that the because this place was so vibrant and, and is so like mm-hmm. such a community space, like mm-hmm. that that it's like that in the afterlife like that these ghosts are yes. in a community space like i like i like yeah i don't know if that's you know that's more my interpretation no. but like i love that i love that thought. no it's it's so i mean it's very real i mean if the intention of this space is to bring people together and it has been for so long and the intention is that strong then i completely can see that sort of passing over into the next yeah life slash dimension i love that and especially because they're not particularly like eve or, or, or like right scary or that's a wrong yeah, word like, and they're not um, i don't know aggressive i guess they're, yeah they're not aggressive that's yeah. the word yeah, yeah yeah no they're not aggressive and like yeah it makes total sense that there'd be like ghost stories of people just kind of like hanging out and vibing and then if someone throws a rock and that person doesn't like that or it hits them then they say something yeah. about it yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, i mean the whole disembodied disembodied screams thing is a little bit yeah that's scary less romantic but but True. <laughs> Good point. Maybe, maybe, honestly, maybe all those ghosts in the afterlife are just having like a group oh. therapy scream session. Like, <laughs> like those are some sort of thing. People are having those at the top of quarantine. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where everyone's like, okay, we're going to have like a scream at like 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Everyone go on Instagram Live and we're all going to scream. Or like there's like Facebook no events way. where people would all just like scream. That's yes. so funny. Yes. It's like a, th- a therapeutic scream where you just like let everything out <laughs> I, on one scream with like all these people. That's kind of fun. I would do that. Maybe the ghosts are doing that. They fr- yeah, they probably are. Or they're just like partying and. Yeah, maybe they're hoots and hollers yeah, more than yeah. screams. Mm-hmm. No, I love it. Hoots and hollering. So yeah, that is the, the haunting section. So it's kind of succinct, Amazing. short, but. I like love it because it I just it's love this good. theater. Yeah, it's it's it it feels like very rich in its history and also like lore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So should we get into our um, bonus content? Yay. This bonus content is called Jack-O-Lantern Jam. And I know. Oh, that's so cute. That <laughs> Why does that make me want to cry? <laughs> that is so cute. <laughs> Jack-O-Lantern Jam. It's our Jack-O-Lantern Jam. Like. <laughs> I almost didn't do this because it was like, it sounds Halloween-y and we're past Halloween, but I figured it still works. Halloween never ends. Halloween forever. So we are covering the Jinmenju tree. Okay. Which is found in mountain valleys in southern China and in Japan as well. And uh, as we'll we'll talk about this, but it's in a lot of different um, cultures. They have this or something like it. Okay. Uh, This is an ancient tree whose fruit are human heads. Oh, Crazy, That's right? interesting. Yeah. yeah. Like um, they never speak, <laughs> <laughs> but they are constantly laughing or smiling. So it's just huh. heads like hanging in the, from the trees like fruit. Yeah. Just laughing yeah. and hanging out. Okay. So the fruit are called jinmenchi, which means human faced child. And Ooh. it is said that they ripen in the fall. And if you eat the fruit, this is like the legend that if you eat the uh-huh. fruit, they have a sweet and sour taste. It is said that the Jinmenju seed also has a human face, eyes, ears, nose, and a mouth. Ooh. Can you imagine? Isn't that Ooh. like a nice walk through the forest and you just see this tree like just laughing at you? <laughs> it's very Wizard of Oz. Yes, I was going to say that. It's very yes. Wizard of Oz like or Snow White, just like where there's like crazy trees. Yes, yes. But they're not bad. They're not um, 
I mean, obviously that is like terrifying, but they're not. But it's that. more like it's just like it's just like a factual like, oh, that's 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 a that kind of tree, tree and it's fruit and it's fruit. Is it is it is it that the fruit look like human heads or that they actually are are human heads? I think both. I mean, it's yeah. not like they're okay. severed human heads. I think I think more that right. they look like human heads, I guess. Yeah. But, got it. yeah, because you, know, you can eat but it. They just call them like, yeah. So it's like fruit. Yeah. But they just have yeah. human faces, I guess. And the seeds themselves have have similar features as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like. Oh my god, are there pictures? Faces. Yes. So look, look okay. this up. Everyone, look this up. Um, Do you want me to look it up too? Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. There's like a bunch of photos and drawings and stuff of these heads. All right, wait. How do you spell that? Yeah, it's G uh, J I N M E N J U. And then there are there are other spellings and variations and stuff from different cultures. Oh my gosh, the paintings and drawings of it are so fun, mm-hmm. so fun. Some of them are creepier than others. Some of them are actually kind of yeah, cute. Yeah, I know. Hmm. I wonder what. Okay. Well, I guess we'll probably get into it. But like, what's this about? You know, and like, why did it, why did this folklore start yeah, start happening? We'll get into it. These trees first appear in the Edo period in Japan in an encyclopedia, like an early encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. Um, that had a collection of pictures of heaven, earth, and man from China and Japan. The legend of the Jinmenju comes from China and then was passed. Well, there's kind. Of, this is contested, kind of, you know, but um, mm-hmm. comes from China and then was passed onto Japan, where it was considered to be a yokai due to its peculiar nature. And a yokai is a class of supernatural mm-hmm. monsters and spirits in Japanese folklore. Mm-hmm. And there are also stories of trees having human-faced fruit from India, Persia. And usually these faces in these in India and Persia are of beautiful girls and women hmm. specifically. And then the wakwak tree of in Islamic folklore is very similar to the Jinmenju. And this tree was mm-hmm. described as bearing fruit shaped like humans and animals. The fruit could speak hmm. but would die a few days after being picked. And this was like an even earlier version of this tree. Yeah. And some think that the trees were all eaten. So they existed like, you know, in ancient times. And then people think oh. that the trees were all eaten, and that is why we don't see them today. Some believe that they Ooh. still exist, and then others say that in these ancient forests, there are trees that look like they have faces carved into them, and that this may be oh. the remnants of the Jinmenju tree. That's cool. That's really cool. I just love, I love, regardless of like, I guess how real it is, like, which I'm not here to, hey, I'm not, it could very well be real, but I just love the fact that, that, I love the tie-in to today. I love the tie-in of like, mm-hmm. you could be walking and you can see like, oh my God, that tree kind of like looks like it has a human yeah. face and then be like, and there's an explanation for that yeah. and sort of an, uh, an idea as to why. Yeah, isn't that cool? And um, and that's awesome. such a thing too. Like if you can buy like tree faces, you know, you can like, how people yeah, put that's like a faces on their trees like that blend people in with really like humanizing stuff. trees mm-hmm. and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah humanizing it's, it's trees, you're right. It's like a thing throughout history. So yeah, oh, and there's a cool story too about that this tree somehow foretold the death of Alexander the Great. He like came up on one. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it just really spans like a bunch of different cultures and- That's cool. Countries and yeah. That's awesome. Anyway, that is our jack-o'-lantern jam. Oh, jack-o'-lantern jam. Jack-o'-lantern jam. Any final thoughts? Jack-o'-lantern jam. 
no, I just think that's really cool. I think, and it was such a, such a fun one to pull out. I feel like not, not a lot of people know about yeah. this. Um, and now I feel like I'm going to walk down the street and I'm going to see a bunch of faces in the trees, in the trees. which I'm excited. <laughs> I look forward to, <laughs> I love trees. So it's actually, it's also kind of like oddly heartwarming. And I don't know if that's like the intention of the legend, but it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a comforting idea. Yeah. I like how they're not, um, like nefarious in any way. I'm, maybe there yes. are like, Except for I guess the like some trickster ones maybe death of, of someone but yeah but is that is that is bad. that like no it's like honestly they're looking out yeah yeah <laughs> saying you better be careful you better look both ways before you cross the street I just want to laugh with them yeah I honestly just want to well yeah I would like to sit under it and have a little picnic and have a chat yeah that brings us to the end of this episode please subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already and feel free to check out other CTC podcasts as well. And if you would like to further support our podcast, please rate us and leave a review on whichever listening platform you use or let your friends and family know that this show exists and send them your favorite episode. Also, we finally have a merch shop set up and you should, should you find yourself wanting any ghost like clothing, totes, stickers, or pins, check out our Instagram bio for the link to our shop. Finally, be sure to follow us on Instagram at ghostlightctc. And should you have any spooky stories you would like to share, they can be theater related or not, feel free to send them our way to ghostlightctc at gmail.com. Thank you so, so much for listening. We love you. And don't forget to leave the light on. Leave the light on. (laughs) 